1: free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive
2: free dessert. The Oklahoma City Thunder made another trade. This roster is jam-packed. What's the next move for Oklahoma City? What's their roster projection look like for October? And how good Can this Thunder team be? We're going to talk about all of that coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are locked on Thunder,
1: your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor in chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Pod. Email the show, Pod at gmail.com. Also on threads at Ryland underscore styles. Today's show, we're diving into the Thunder making another trade. What's the next move? This roster is full. And in fact, if you go off of reported moves, it's over the legal limit uh, uh, of roster. So how are they going to get down by October? How good can this Thunder team be as we look to see what the expectations are for next year? So a lot to dive into. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss a show. And we thank the everydayers who make this their daily listen. So the Thunder made a trade. They send Patty Mills to Atlanta. Atlanta sends Usman Gruba, Ty Ty Washington, Rudy Gay, and another second round pick. The Thunder now own 35 future first round picks. And just as we thought here on this show, that the Thunder were not going to let this cap space go to waste, they were going to use this cap space in creative ways and not go sign a huge free agent, not, you know, go make us a big splashy trade, but instead they've worked on the margins and they've just compiled a ton of second round picks. They're not letting this resource go to waste. And I think that the big kicker here is how valuable second round picks are. They're valuable in trades. They're valuable in getting off of bad contracts. They're valuable in finding cheap talent at the end of the draft. And These second-round picks are really the tools that help you flush out your roster. The Thunder have now put themselves in position to dominate every trade deadline for the length of this core. And you think about how important that is. Because by the trade deadline, you know what your team sort of is. You know what they're lacking. You know what they need. You also know who you're missing in this literal sense of who's injured. Because every team will have to deal with injuries. Every team will have to um, have an unexpected thing happen. Maybe a guy regresses. Maybe a guy just flat out gets hurt and can't play, whatever. The Thunder now have put themselves in position with all these second-round picks that at every single trade deadline of this core of players, of this run of players, of this run of this team, they can then win the deadline by trading for all of the veterans that are out there expiring deals. And that can help, you know, push them past, you know, the, the threshold. They can also win the deadline in the sense of look, you know, the buyout market. If a guy's about to get bought out and you don't think he'd pick you, we'll just go trade for him. You will know, just overwhelm that team. That's going to cut him with second round picks. And then you get him on your team by doing so. And then you don't, you know, he doesn't have the choice then to, to not pick you in the buyout market. If that's someone that you really want so there's so many ways that these second round picks really help the Thunder that I think it's important to highlight like why they're doing this. I think it's easy to make the jokes of like, oh, the Thunder have so many picks, and oh, you know, second round picks, you know, are meaningless. Who cares about second-round picks? Why are they getting all these second-round picks? They're not meaningless. They have a ton of value, especially for a team like Oklahoma City. It is kind of impressive to see Sam Presti move all these parts around and most of them being not his parts to move, like the parts he's inherited from other trades and then flipping those same players, like getting paid to take on Patty Mills and then getting paid to take them, you know, to to send them out. Like that stuff is almost money laundering to a certain degree. And it's awesome to see him kind of work that magic. But at the end of the day, this has been a really impressive offseason for Oklahoma City. And we're going to get to these offseason moves and get to what the expectations are coming up. But let's talk about the trade in terms of the player parts. So they got Tai Washington, Usman Garuba, and they did get Rudy Gay. Although you know, I'm happy that we were able to make the jokes about Rudy Gay's finally member of the Thunder after the Enos Canner locker room nameplate memes for all these years. I would be, I would be floored. I would be stunned. I would be just incredibly surprised if Rudy Gay plays a game for the Thunder this year. I think that he'll be flipped for another second round pick to to a. Um, more veteran-related team, and away you go. I think this trade does signify, though, and does push it even more in this direction that this training camp this year in October, in September, it's going to be electric. Like, this is going to be a fantastic training camp. And this has been what the Thunder have craved for so long. They welcome these tough decisions. Look, I, I, I'll have my roster projection in the next segment. I can tell you right now, I've been laboring over these uh, cuts, and I'm not even Sam Presti. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter, but I still am just like, oh, do I really want to put this guy out, this guy out? So, like, these are going to be hard decisions. These are going to be hard calls to make. And, and for the majority of the players who are going to get moved, there's going to be a pocket of the fan base that would prefer them to be on the team, but the Thunder welcome that kind of – tough decision that's what they've been saying from top to bottom this whole rebuild of like we want to get to a point where training camp and 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 the the roster like matters Like guys are fighting to be here and fighting to stay here and some guys are going to get left behind they've said those exact words some guys are going to get left behind and this is going to be the first off season where the guys left behind like some of the guys left behind you know you you truly like like you truly uh, are a fan of and, and, and are attached to Let's start with Usman Garuba. I think Usman Garuba of the three players, you know, again because I don't think Rudy Gay will be in OKC. I think he has, you know, the the most interesting sort of uh, option for OKC. He he he's different than what they have on their roster currently in terms of just build. He's this rim finishing, you know, rim running big man, but he only shot fifty six percent at the rim. He was in the forty fifth percentile in the pick and roll as a role man in Houston. Now we have to remember that number is a bit misleading because we can't spend all season talking about how the, how the Rockets have no guards, have, have no offensive flow and have no one to get uh, into playmaking, to get assists and to, and to pass the ball and then penalize him for being in the 45th percentile and pick and roll man. Like we've, we've explained why they have bad guard play last year. And so that, that number hypothetically, if he was in OKC would be elevated in OKC. He flashes some really nice passing ability. Like, and it's not a J Will type of passing. Like will can just play make. Like he can play make, he can make plays happen. Like, he can read defenses. He can put you in great spots. With Gruba, it's more so like he understands what to do. Like he's not going to get caught in a position where he doesn't know the next pass to make. But he's not going to make passes, if that makes sense. He's also a good defender. Like 59th talent overall defense, 87th percent talent spot-up defense. Uh, 74th percentile in defending isolation, 95th percentile defending post-ups, and then the 69th percentile defending handoffs. Guys struggle to shoot over him, obviously. He's huge. And I think that at times, like, the rim finishing of his opponents gets inflated because he was put in some compromised positions in Houston. I think that he can get even better defending around the rim than he was in Houston. And these are all NBA numbers. Like These are all what he did in the NBA, not the G League or anything else, like the NBA. And so there's clearly some stuff there, and there's clearly some tools there that with a better coach, a better organization, a better role, it makes him interesting. It makes him an option for OKC. You, you, you look at Houston, and, and and people have talked about how Silas wasn't a good coach. They've talked about how the guards were not good last year. Those are all things that directly impact Usman Gruba, especially a player like him who, who was always supposed to be a developmental guy was always supposed to be a player that was a project type of player, you know, in the sense of it's going to take him some, some time to come around. And so when you envision Usman Gruba and his mobility and his size with the Thunder and and with an organization that, that cares about development, cares about developing defense in particular, and you maybe can see him, you know, if he was on the Thunder be assigned to the, to the blue. And you pair him with a guy like Cam Woods, who Everyone has attested Cam Woods as, as one of a one of the better um, defensive coaches and, and defensive developers and players. Players, coaches, everyone has attested that for Cam Woods. And so, like you put him in that system, the blue that we have seen elevate Thunder players. Like Usman Gruber then has some juice and has some some you know interesting aspects to his game for the Thunder. But again, it's going to be a very tough training camp and a very tough roster decision. And we'll talk Ty Ty Washington and that roster coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Ibotta, folks. Ibotta is just awesome because you're already going to the grocery store. You're already maybe, you know, loading up for your summer barbecue, or maybe you're looking toward getting back to school supplies already. Whatever you're doing, you're already shopping. You're already grocery shopping. You're already doing these things, so Ibotta can give you cash back on hundreds of grocery items, from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure that you're beating inflation, no matter what you're purchasing. So you either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt when it, wherever you shop and get cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use that cash back to buy yourself a flight that you've been eyeing or get yourself to a fancy dinner you've been craving or anything else you've been dying to do. Other apps give you points that don't really amount to much. With Ibotta, they give you cold, hard cash that you can earn into your bank account, PayPal account, gift cards, whatever, wherever you want to put it, you can put it there. It's cold, hard cash for you. You can earn cash on hundreds of online Uh, brands, and realtors uh, to whenever you want, whenever you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. So go right now to Ibotta. It's offering our listeners $5 just for simply trying the app. Go to Ibotta, use the code LOCKED whenever you register. That's the App Store Google Play Store with the code LOCKED for the free Ibotta app, and you get $5. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A in the App Store or Google Play Store with the code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D.
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, we're talking about another Sam Presti trade. We're talking about the roster projection, and we're talking about how good can this team be next season. Let's wrap up the trade talk with Ty Ty Washington. He had the majority of his success in the G League. In the G League, these are his G League numbers. 74th percentile in the pick and roll as a ball handler, 80th percentile as an isolation player, 91st percentile in handoffs. He had 13 putbacks as a a guard, which is pretty impressive. Shot 32% on catch and shoot looks. He was a below average rim finisher. There's just not a ton of juice here. Like there's just not a ton to even get excited about besides the fact he was once a highly thought of prospect and he deserves a chance to bounce back away from Houston. I don't think that that chance is in Oklahoma City because of you know the fact that they have so many other players that they would rather play than Ty Washington, Washington. He wouldn't even get that chance in OKC, besides with the blue, which he already got with Houston in terms of playing with Grand uh, um, Rapids or Rio. Ty Washington is like, if he was a part of the Thunder, like on this roster, people get excited about him because it's a change of scenery and he's, he was once a, a highly funded prospect. But that's pretty much it. That's pretty much just the only thing that he has going for him. I will just give the same caveat, though. If we all agree Houston was a dumpster file last year, their coaching staff wasn't good, and their and their and their culture wasn't good, and their roster wasn't good, then there's reason to believe that Ty Ty could look a lot different somewhere else. But when you look at this Thunder roster, which now you know sits at 21 standard contracts plus Kante Johnson in the two A deal, it, it, it just it just isn't a fit here. I don't think. And so, we'll do our roster projection right now. The Thunder roster. So, you have Josh Giddy, SGA, Lude Dort, Jalen Williams, Chet Holmgren, Tayson Wallace, Kenneth Williams, Michich, Isaiah Joe, Jay Will, Aaron Wiggins, Usman Jang, Poku, Trey Mann, JRE, Davis Bertans, Victor Oladipo, Jack White, Ty Tai Washington, Usman Garuba, Rudy Gay, and the aforementioned Kathy Johnson on a two way deal. So, the Thunder roster requirements. They have two open two-way slots. Do not forget with the new CBA, you get three two-way slots instead of two. So they have two open two-way slots. They have to cut six standard NBA contracts to make this down to 15 standard contracts. And so whenever I say cut, I'm using that as a broad term of just like these guys will not be here in one way, shape, or form. Not that they're literally going to waive all six of them. But just like these guys, some one way or another via trade or whatever, they're not going to be in Oklahoma City uh, whenever the season starts. So let's first start with the chopping block. Like who could I realistically see the Thunder move on from and not just be jaw-dropped? Rudy Gay, Victor Lidipo, Jack White, Ty Ty Washington, Usman Garuba, uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Trey Mann, and Davis Bertans. I think are the ones that if they were to move on from them, You would not just be stunned, and that, and so if someone's on the list that you think should be cut, that's the reason that they'd be stunned is either their past performance or or where they were drafted or what the Thunder have invested in them, et cetera, et cetera. So, I would have eight guys on the chopping block right now. You only got to cut six of them. Here's who I think as of today. Which, by the way, it's July 10th, so a lot's going to change between now and October. That's why we'll continue to update. this list, my cuts as of July 10, Rudy Gay and Victor Lodipo are locks to me. Like they're, they're not going to be in Oklahoma city. So then you have Tai Tai Washington. I, I don't think he's going to be in Oklahoma city. That's three. And those were three fairly easy ones to make four through six are a bit tougher 4 I'm gonna go with Jack White. I know that they signed me to, to a standard contract. I know that they signed me to a two-year standard contract. The contract is non-guaranteed for year one and no guarantee in, in, in year two. Financially speaking, cutting Jack White would, would be nothing. would be insignificant. It'd be as if you lost $5. Like if you, if you today walked outside and dropped $5 on the ground, really even a dollar on the ground, that, that's what it'd be more like if you dropped a dollar on the ground. Like, does it suck to lose a dollar? Sure. Doesn't really matter. Hopefully, in the most in most cases. And number five, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I like Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and I think he can be a, a rotational player. There's just something weird, like he was going to play in summer league, then he got this ankle injury, hasn't hasn't played, and financially, he's only making 1.9 million dollars so you did the good deed of like hey we're going to guarantee the contract you're going to get all the 1.9 million but at the end of the day you're not going to have a roster spot you're just going to have the money which is still i'd, I'd love to take 1.9 million you know if, if if the uh higher ups at lockdown wanted to fire me for 1.9 million i'd, I'd take it but i think jeremiah P. snow can still go on to have a good career in the nba there's just some something weird about it in okc right now And then number six, here was the toughest one. I'm going to say Trey Mann, but I don't think he's going to be cut. I think that he would be traded for like a a second round pick or a second round pick plus a cheaper contract to to get off of. I hesitate to say Trey Mann though, not because of his great summer league, although that's helped. It's better to look great in summer league than not. It's better to look great in summer league than terrible. Like I, I think that... Uh, sometimes we dismiss summer league a little bit too much because like on the other end of it, if Trey man looked terrible for four straight games, then it really put the, put the nail in the coffin for him. He makes $3.1 million. He's a former first round pick and it's, it's tough for teams and front offices and everyone to move on from former first round picks. Cause you, you've invested that, that asset into them and you want to be right about it. So I, I don't think that they just cut him outright, but I think that he's displayed a lot for other teams where you can trade them to to a maybe a a team that needs some help at guard or needs some help scoring, and pick up a cheaper than three point three point one million dollar deal and a second round pick or maybe just a second round pick if the team has the space in the in the roster slot for them, uh, then then go on about their way there. So I'll say Trey Mann here. My my other option was Usman Gruba. So I, I think that it, I think I feel pretty comfortable in saying that it'll be Rudy Gay, Victor Ladipeau, Ty Washington, Jack White. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson-Earl, Usman Garuba, Trey Mannick, like, those are going to be the ones that like are on the chopping block. I, I don't see Davis Bertans being traded. I know that uh, I know it's the easy one in terms of in terms of basketball, you know, fit, in terms of age, in terms of all that. He makes too much money. I don't see a trade happening, and I don't think they're going to reach a buyout between now and then. Like maybe they do. Maybe Davis just wants to reach that buyout because he knows the plan for him in OKC wouldn't be to play all that much. Maybe more on that Sarge role of or, or that Muscala role of like you might rack up a two weeks worth of DMPs and then and then get to play for ten minutes. Like maybe he sees that and doesn't want that and will work with a, a nice buyout number. As of right now, I don't really see him doing that. I don't really see the Thunder doing that. I, I think that he will provide them, you know, some shooting off the bench, some spot minutes, and then you make sure he doesn't play that that percentage threshold, and you cut him next year for five million dollars. That's why I see it playing out with Dobbs Bretons. And I, I know that, like, just pure, just pure, like, maximizing your basketball roster spots, Bretons is a much easier cut to make. But when you bring in the cap, when you bring in the contract, when you bring in everything else, uh, I, I don't foresee that happening. So, again, my cut sets of today, which are going to change, I can promise you that number six slot's going to change between now and October, like, five times for me. Rudy Gay, Victor Lodipo, those are the those are two I cannot see changing at all. Tai Washington, I can't I can't see changing at all. So like those are three I can't see changing at all. Like I think every roster projection that I do, I'll have Rudy Gay, Victor Lodipo, Tai Washington all cut. Then you have Jack White. Financially, it makes a lot of sense. He's got to have a dang good training camp to to get off this list. And I I just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to have him on the roster moving forward. He had a really good stretch in the G League. This Would have made more sense as a two-way type of a type of signing than a standard signing. I don't really get it. We'll see, we'll see what happens there. And then you have Jeremiah Richard with five for me. And then right now, trade Trey Man for like an asset and a cheap contract is six. So those are my six. Let me know your six down below uh, of who you would want to cut and maintain on this roster. Speaking of maintaining on this roster, what are the expectations for OKC? What are they going to finish? How high can they go this year? What's going to happen this year in OKC? We'll talk about that coming up.
0: This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player when you need help protecting the things that matter most. Remember the jingle and just say, "Like a good neighbor, State Farm
2: is there." All right, we're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. talking Thunder Basketball tomorrow. We're gonna do your mailbag questions and talk in- in-season in tournament on uh, Wednesday and Thursday. We're gonna recap the summer league games and on Friday. Let's talk best case scenario for OKC. Like if everything worked out perfectly, what would happen for OKC? We'll talk about that on Friday. So what are the expectations for OKC? Look, there's been a ton of talk about the back half of the roster. I just did a whole segment on it. Let's flip that. Let's let's flip that, though, because at the end of the day, and this is no offense to any of these names, does it really matter? If, if Jeremiah Robinson or Uzman Gruba is the one that makes the bottom of the roster, if, you know, Jack White or, or whoever else, you know, makes the bottom of the roster, it doesn't really matter at the bottom of the roster. Hopefully, like, hopefully you're able to have your main guys be the main guys and and like the bottom of the roster is just like guys that are good practice players, good morale boost, and maybe some good spot minutes as well. So let's, let's flip from the bottom of the roster. because so I think that we can get bogged down on that for a second. So the starters to me are Josh Giddy, SGA, Lou Dort, J Dub, and Chet. Those are your starters. I think that Mark is going to play 10 to 12 guys a night still. So picking out the bench and things is a bit of a of a tough task and and really a a nothing task because it's going to change so much game to game. But, but I think that you will consistently consistently see Mitchich, Cason Wallace, Kendrick Williams, J. Will, Isaiah Joe get minutes consistently. So let's call those priority minute players. And then you have a rotation of some games it'll be Aaron Wiggins, my personal favorite. Some games it'll be Poku. Some games it'll be Jang. Some games it'll be Davos Berton's 10-minute 3-3s three type of night. Some games it'll be, hey, let's try out Kante Johnson. He had a good summer league debut. Hey, let's try out in this case, Usman Garuba, because I have then made him a part of the roster with my previous roster cuts. So, like, that's what the Thunder looked like. The Thunder looked like the five starters. Priority minutes were like, yeah, we're going to rotate through 10 or 12 guys, but like Meechich, Cason Wallace, Kenneth Williams, Jay Will, Isaiah Joe, like those are going to be the guys that, that play pretty heavy. And then... As you're cycling through your Rolodex, you're going to get Wiggins in there. You're going to get Poku in there. You're going to get Jang in there. You're going to get Bertans in there. You're going to get all these guys in there. And if Poku plays like he played, you know, before his injury last year, he'll he'll move his way into priority minutes as well. So the reason I think that the Thunder will have a successful season is is, is multi leveled. Number one, first and foremost, the 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 most pressing reason why I think the Thunder will have a successful regular season. The Thunder are going to take the regular season seriously. They're going to try to win all the two games. They're going to, to show up. They're going to, to not have guys you load manage, not have guys that you um, don't play or whatever. Like They're going to take it seriously. And when you look around the other 29 teams in the league, how many other teams can you promise me will take every game seriously? Won't take games off. Won't, you know, how many other teams can you promise me that of? Not very many. And so theoretically that should help you win games because they're taking nights off and you're not. So that's one reason. The second reason is depth. I promise you, there's a there's like 30% of the audience at least that listen to me rattle off priority minute players and rotational players, and then we're screaming from the mountains on high. Well, how can you have Poku in rotation and not priority? How can you have Wiggins in rotation and not priority? How can you have Isaiah Joe in priority and not rotation? Like People are so divided on what to do with that middle section of the roster, that the Thunder have so much depth and the Thunder have a coach that is willing to go through 10, 11, 12 guys a night that I promise you each and every night, the Thunder are going to find seven to nine hot hands to help them win a basketball game. And that's the importance of depth. That's the importance of having a billion first-round picks, a billion second-round picks, and a billion ways to bring in roster spots. That's the importance of having 20 guys each and every summer we do this. Each and every summer we do these 20 guys in this roster and go into training camp and and have them battle it out and find the best guys in training camp because when you can go through your Rolodex every night and land on seven or nine good names, it's going to help you win basketball games. So don't get up in arms about me segmenting the roster between priority and rotation. It doesn't matter. They're going to find the, the guys that can play each night and they're all going to get opportunity. They're all going to get minutes. They're all going to get chances. And because of that depth and because they're going to take the regular season seriously, that's why I think that the thunder are going to have a really good regular season. And then you look at last year's record last year, this team was able to win 40 games. And I think you are, which record says you are. So yeah, they dropped some games where, you know, like the Pistons and everything else where they, where they should have won. They also won some games where on paper they shouldn't have won. So like, I, I think that they were a 40-win team last year. I don't want to rush the presses and say, they were, they were well, they were really a 500 team if you take this game or that game. Yeah, you can do the same thing and lower their win total as well. So they are with the record, says you are. And they were a 40-win team last year. And that 40-win team last year, they added Chet Holmgren, who provides the rim protection that they vastly craved, some rebounding help that they vastly craved, and shooting help that they really need. They added Kaysen Wallace and Micic who provide depth that you really need. And then Bertans just replaces in the Muscala-Sarich role um, that you've always had. And the reason I say Wallace and Micic are depth, people can get all flustered by the guards on this roster. Like, oh my gosh, they have so many guards. And like, look at last year's roster and say, oh my God, they had so many guards last year. Okay. It is different whenever you pass the, the baton to Kaysen Wallace and Mitchich. Like, let's say that that Shea, knock on wood, twists his ankle and he's out for two games. Hey, would you rather hand off the minutes to last year's roster or to Kaysen Wallace and Mitchich? And last year's roster was good enough to win 40 games, and they played pretty well whenever they had those things flare up, like that Boston game at, in the Paycom Center. But this improves your depth in a big way, to add... Wallace, to add Mijic. You also have another summer of development with your young players who have not even begun to hit their prime yet. So that's all the additions. And for all of those reasons, I think that the Thunder will be a top six team in the West next year. This this very tough Western Conference, I think that they're going to reach that plateau. I think that they're going to avoid the play-in tournament. And I have no idea how far they're going to get in the playoffs because I do believe that teams have to grow. They have to build on experience. They have to suffer the game seven loss. They have to adjust. And frankly, it'd be, it'd be silly to even try to say that, you know what they're going to do in the playoffs for anyone to try to say that because in the playoffs, it's a whole different ball game. These thunder players have never prepared for an opponent or a series. The Thunder stress all the time. Hey, we're game planning internally. We're game planning for what we can do better versus game planning for an opponent. That changes in the playoffs. You're game planning now for an opponent. You're trying to implement these things. You're trying to implement, you know, what they do bad, what you can exploit and you're, and you're making adjustments game to game and seeing the same players over and over and over, you know, for a seven game stretch. So they've never done that. Playoffs. Also, you see guys be playoff risers and playoff followers, Lou Dort playoff riser. Game seven as a rookie scoring 30 points, playing game against New Orleans, had the best game of his year. Some guys are going to be on the opposite of that. Like right now it's all hunky-dory and sunshine and rainbows. In the playoffs, we're going to realize that like some of these young guys are the opposite of playoff risers and have deficiencies in a slower place playoff game. Unless the Thunder are just an anomaly and break every rule of NBA history, that's going to happen. So like, you're going to have to go through that and adjust and, 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 change your roster and, and, you know, kind of continue to grow. So I don't know how far they're going to get the playoffs this year. I, I don't, but I think they're going to get there. And I think that they're going to be in the playoffs pretty comfortably because of them taking the regulations season seriously because of their depth, because of the additions this year, uh, because they have a really good coach. Like they have one of the best coaches in the NBA and, and, and he's not going to get that credit nationally yet. Um, he did finish, you know, what, runner up in coach of the year. Whenever you discussed best coaches in, in the NBA though, He won't get that credit as he's due nationally because until you show that in the playoffs, people are not going to give you that. He's a really good coach. We know that in Oklahoma City. We know that watching this team. So, like, because of all those factors, I think they're going to be a really good team. And I think that the buzz is back. Like, you, I mean, look at any metric you want to look at, and we can go through them. But you can see that people care about the Thunder basketball again. And so it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great season, going to be a fun season. We're going to be here for you every single day of this season and of this off season. Also getting you ready for this season that I just, I cannot wait for I wish that we could just jump it up right now and play it right now on tomorrow's show. We're going to start with the in-season tournament talk, and then we're going to go to your mailbag questions. So the show is about you. What questions do you have? Drop them below on YouTube, drop them below on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles, drop them on threads at Ryland underscore styles. And so you can do all that for tomorrow's show. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. A Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.